Chapter thirty six of Dead Men's Shoes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dead Men's Shoes by Mary Elizabeth Braddon. Chapter thirty six Village Slander. The days glide by at Dorley Mill oh how gently oh how sweetly in what innocent rustic delights in simple childlike pleasures shared and sanctified by the perpetual presence of a child the willows have unfolded their tender young leaves the white blossoms of the orchards have come and gone like all earth's fairest things too brief too transitory the lazy cattle revel in golden pastures the pine trees on the hilltops put forth pale green shoots at the end of their dark old boughs it is the time of buttercups and young lambs trout fishing and all delights of early summer and it has brought along with it fair nights and days healing and strength to alexis secretan yet strange to say now that he is so much better and nearly well enough to bear the journey to the grange he is no longer impatient to return thither my life would be so dull without trot he says i'm afraid i have fallen in love with trot and then he sighs deeply and lapses into one of those despondent moods which come upon him sometimes linda bends very low over her work and she too sighs but so softly that the sigh reaches no ear but Richard Plowden's, who sits close beside her work-table. Alexis is well enough to go out of doors and walk a little way, assisted by his cane on one side and on the other by Linda or Richard. They take it in turns to accompany him in these brief walks, and Linda shows him all the beauties of nature to be seen within a few hundred yards of the mill. They all sit out of doors a good deal in the balmy June weather, and Linda takes her work and books to the rustic bench under the willows, and Alexis has many an afternoon nap, lulled by the bubble of the mill stream. But the day comes at last, when Mr. Scalpel, who, if he has erred at all, has erred on the side of caution, pronounces that his patient is quite well enough to bear the journey home and i do not say you could not have borne it a fortnight ago adds the surgeon but i knew you to be particularly well off here and one cannot be too careful yes i am very well off here says alexis with a smothered sigh however since you are well enough to walk the length of the village you certainly are well enough to bear a three-mile drive and we have no excuse for keeping you here any longer no i have no excuse for remaining says alexis thoughtfully six weeks ago you were in a great hurry to go home i could hardly persuade you to be patient six weeks ago i was ill and fretful since then i have domesticated myself here and now i feel as if dorley mill were home mr benfield and his granddaughter are so good to me and this little fellow adds alexis laying his hand on the golden head of trot who lies at his feet with an open picture-book spread out before him this little one and i have grown such friends that i don't know what i shall do without him 
ah says mr scalpel waxing grave poor little boy you speak as if he were no favourite of yours he is not replies the surgeon he has caused too much scandal to be a favourite of mine w what do you mean by scandal well mr secretan country people are censorious it's a very unworthy feeling on their part but you'll find that country people are censorious i have discovered the same failing in london people occasionally remarks alexis and if anything happens which is not quite open and on the surface country people are apt to take a narrow view of it now mr binfield's adoption of this boy has given rise to some very unpleasant reports why should it do so is it not an act of charity a most praiseworthy act possibly possibly my dear mr secretan that is the way in which i have always endeavoured to see it but one can't get other people to look at the thing with the same largesse of view there's my wife now an admirable woman miss chalice was a great favourite of hers before the appearance of this child she would have done anything for her but since this baby came on the scene my wife has turned quite against the poor girl will hardly allow her name to be mentioned in her presence well that seems rather hard it is hard but it is human nature there are some sharp angles in human nature it isn't all hogarth's line of beauty you see this child made his appearance in a most mysterious way if he had dropped from the moon it couldn't have been more sudden and we know no more about his origin than we do of a moonstone then people have talked unpleasantly about miss chalice i infer they have mr secretan there have been hard things said in the village with reference to that child the village mind is coarse and the village vocabulary is limited spades are called spades and your villagers can hatch a lie out of their foul imaginations says alexis in a tone that quite startles the placable doctor i've always stood up for miss chalice he says i have always defended her i am sorry there should be any need for defence replies alexis sternly i am sorry the people of dorley and its neighbourhood should be such savages and idiots as not to recognise purity when they see it i have lived nearly six months under the roof that shelters miss chalice and if she is not pure and perfect among women i have no power to recognise womanly purity and goodness well, i am entirely with you there mr secretan yet i cannot help regretting that this child should ever have been brought here to occasion a scandal there is a secret of some kind about his origin and wherever there is a secret there is always food for slander i am sorry because i know miss chalice has suffered what the slanders have reached her ears yes on some occasions and they have made her very unhappy poor girl yet when i offered to adopt trot she would not hear of such a thing i dare say not the little fellow has wound himself about her heart no doubt they were always a soft-hearted race these benfields the old man has been an encourager of tramps and beggars too easy by half it doesn't do mr secretan benevolence no it seems a failure in this life this conversation with the surgeon makes a strong impression upon alexis 
instead of going downstairs to the sitting-room where richard and linda are expecting him he remains in his own room all the afternoon keeping the child for his companion the little fellow will amuse himself for an hour together playing about the room in his quiet little way and perfectly happy alexis looks at him with infinite compassion poor little waif what is to be your fate in the years to come he asks himself you cannot always have the calm shelter of dorley mill the day will come when you will have to go out into the world to fight the battle of life nameless perhaps friendless unless i am living to befriend you poor child i would give much to know your history and yet there are questions i dare not ask there's always the horrible doubt the lurking fear that this village scandal may contain some grain of truth he is disinclined for linda's society that evening and goes out at sunset for a solitary stroll with no support but his cane it is the first time he has walked without the help of linda or richard he goes down to the willow-shaded path contemplates the simple pastoral landscape in a thoughtful mood scarcely seeing the objects he gazes at and then strolls past that brief row of old-fashioned cottages which constitutes the village of dorley some men are standing before the little public-house and one of them seems considerably amused in a quiet way at the appearance of alexis pale and wan still and leaning heavily on his cane he don't look up to much yet do he says one of those village worthies when alexis has passed but before he is out of hearing no says the man who grinned he looks a rare sight yon's the rich gentleman at the mill miss chalice's new lovier who says he's her sweetheart asked the other well folks don't say it maybe but they knows it's pretty well i should think that's the young woman that's got the adopted child says the facetious man's friend the humorist is a drunkard and ne'er-do-well who has been refused employment at the mill and is bitter against mr benfield and his household adopted child he says with his coarse laugh raising his voice on purpose that alexis may hear him there's many such adopted children in these parts but we calls em by another name we calls em he has just time to utter a blasphemous adjective but not the substantive that is to follow it for the adjective is thrust back between his teeth as it were by a blow which strikes him on the mouth and seems to loosen every tooth in his head it is astonishing how hard a weak man can hit when his arm is impelled by such passion as moves alexis to-night he staggers from the recoil of his own blow and might fall were it not for a bystander's friendly arm stretched out to support him sarve him right says one of the sufferer's companions as he stands before them a piteous object pouring blood upon the dusty road as in a libation to the great mother he did not to have gone and said anything again miss chalice she be a good friend of the poor folks the injured man growls out some threat about summonsing and the beak summon me before whom you please replies alexis i shall think this evening's work cheap at five pounds alexis goes back to the mill curiously moved by what has happened why do i feel insult to her so keenly he asks himself 
is it that she is more to me than i dare avow even to my own heart is there peril for my future peace in this quiet home that has sheltered my sickness and pain your fault sibyl your fault you have left your place to be occupied by another whatever evil befalls me is your work let it be my care that i bring no evil upon the good samaritans who have succored me in my weakness mr scalpel is right i have no excuse for remaining at dorley another day but before i go i would give much to learn the secret of that child's adoption he is not a little enfeebled by his act of violence and the passion that accompanied it his heart beats violently and he is barely strong enough to get back to the mill where he arrives in a state of extreme exhaustion and so pale as to frighten linda and richard almost as much as if his ghost had returned instead of himself how ill you are looking mr secretan says linda anxiously when she has arranged the pillows on his sofa and brought him a tumbler of claret and water you've been walking too fast and alone i am sorry i look so ill replies alexis for mr scalpel tells me i am quite well and i am to go home to-morrow to-morrow yes there's no excuse for my being a burden to you any longer you've never been a burden answers linda in a very low voice her face is hidden from alexis but not from richard plowden who in their daily companionship has learned the meaning of that thoughtful countenance all too well he reads her secret there to-night and the knowledge pierces him to the heart end of chapter thirty six